It's uh, time for another video and uh, I am going on to another genre for 1970. Uh, if you're getting sick of these, then that's possibly got something to do with the fact that you don't identify with the genre. Uh, but me being very eclectic, I decided to cover them all because uh, to a lesser or greater extent, I love them all. Uh, so we're on to jazz rock now. Um, probably two videos will suffice on this. Um, the first one, uh, I'm going to cover four albums. I'm going to start off with uh, a band called Colosseum, uh, a band very close to my heart at the time, uh, 1970. I seem to be uh, going to live uh, concerts with this band uh, two or three times a year. And I absolutely was in love with their style of music. But let's give you a little bit of a, uh, uh, a history before we get on to the fourth album released in 1970 called Daughters of Time. Uh, Coliseum, the first, one of the first bands certainly in the UK to fuse jazz, rock and blues. They were formed in 1968 in the spring by drummer John Heisman and tenor sax player Dick Hextel-Smith. Now, these two had worked together in the New Jazz Orchestra and in the Graham Bond organisation, uh, where Heisman had actually replaced a Ginger Baker in 1966 so he could flit off and join Clapton and Bruce and start Cream. Uh, they also played on John Mills, Mills Blue Break, Blues Breakers uh, album, uh, Bare Wires, which I've got, uh, was released in 67, I believe. A very good album it is as well. And their childhood friend, Dick Gray Greenslade, uh, joined the two on this first Coliseum on organ and Tony Reeves on bass. And uh, they've known Heisman, uh, Reeves had known Heisman and Greenslade from being teenage musicians in South London. Uh, it was completed, the band, the first uh, inception of the band, uh, by the addition of James Litherland on guitar and vocals, uh, and an, an American guitar player who didn't really stay very long. Um, Those Who Are About To Die, Salute You, was released in early 69, and it was quickly followed in the same year by the excellent Valentine Suite, which was uh, launched on the new Vertigo label that also included uh, new heavy rockers Black Sabbath. Now, I've got a review of Valentine's Suite, and I'll leave a link uh, in the description if you want to check that out. It's well, very worthwhile, I can tell you. The third album, The Grass Is Greener, was released only in the US in 1970. And then this album, Daughter of Time, uh, was released in the UK. It's a bit confusing because uh, the Grass is Greener uh, album uh, can, uh, in the personnel uh, was one Dave Clemson who'd replaced James Litherland on guitar and, uh, and uh, uh, Chris Farlow had also uh, joined the band for Daughters of Time and uh, also Mark Clark uh, had replaced Reeves uh, for uh, the Glasses Greener. Uh, but for some reason, he appears on 
Daughters of Time as well. I've probably got that well mixed up, but the important thing to note is the addition of Clemson and uh, Clark uh, at, to the band. Try and clarify that then. In March 1971, uh, the band were on the road and uh, they were at, uh, playing at Brighton and Manchester University. And Heisman, who was effectively the leader of the band, was very impressed with the sound of the live show. And so he returned a few days later uh, to Manchester and the recordings were used for a live double album, Coliseum Live, in 1971. And I have that album and uh, I love it to death. Um, two very long extended period pieces which take up a side each. Uh, uh, but then after that album, they broke up. So back to Daughter of Time now. And uh, the, the personnel on this album, mainly Mark Clark on bass guitar. Uh, Dave Clemson appears on guitar. Uh, Chris Farlow... Uh, on lead vocals, Dave Greenslade, organ, piano and vibes, and, and Dick Hextall-Smith, soprano and tenor sax, uh, John Heisman, drums, percussion. And as I said, it's the fourth album, and there are a multitude of in other instruments that combine with that basic uh, uh, band uh, uh, delivery. Uh, and uh, it's a brilliant melange of music uh, and every one of the eight songs I have to say it's pretty impressive so I'm going to go through it now track by track uh, as you probably gathered it's going on too long this video the tracks uh, three score and ten opens uh, it's five and a half minutes rich organ and vibraphone used on here plus the string arrangements of viola violin and cello and it, very effective they are to conjure up the mood. Heisman's drums, well, uh, he is just an extraordinary drummer. And Farlow's rather harsh wailing vocals drain you somewhat by the time you get to the finish. Time Lament follows with some eerie horns and strings. Farlow's vocal work here is excellent. Uh, with Axel Smith's uh, elongated sax work ably supporting him, uh, and he also, there also is but one Barbara Thompson uh, adding horns on this one. And she, uh, I'm not sure if she was at the time, but she certainly became Heisman's wife. Uh, and it's really moving into the synchronised jazz rock field, this song. Take me back to Doomsday. Uh, Greenslades glide you in uh, to the romantic jazz smooth sound before the pace quickens and then Clemson on uh, uh, on, on lead uh, mixes uh, effectively with Farlow's uh, vocals, possibly his best on the uh, collection. Uh, there's dabbles of flute from Thompson circling around Smith's uh, excellent sax and then uh, Clemson uh, uh, managed to chip in with a brief guitar solo before the end. The title track is next up, The Daughters of Time. Uh, and again, Herr Heisman, his perfection is a foundation to uh, every piece on this album. But particularly here, Clemson starts to get quite strident with his lead guitar work. 
to the second side now theme from of an imaginary western uh, is a song that uh, uh, may be familiar to cream fans written by jack bruce and pete brown uh, it was uh, also popularized by mountain a heavy rock trio who based their work very much on cream uh, and Farlow's impassioned vocals sort of take uh, the lead here. Bring Out the Dead, next up, Greenslade. Uh, it sounded a little bit like Keith Emerson to me. He drives this progressive uh, rock sound. And then uh, uh, Clemson blitzes the fuzzy guitar before the horns and the keyboard medley takes over and the pace quickens again. Uh, instrumental this one and I implore you to listen uh, to Heisman's drumming which is off the chart crescendo like uh, downhill and shadows uh, sax solos in here a double dosed before the blues guitar is joined by Farlow's uh, uh, effortless vocals and uh, the extended work by Clemson uh, uh, gives you an indication of where this band were heading uh, and some glorious sax work by Hextel Smith. And then the finale, uh, this track is a huge disappointment. It's called The Time Machine and it's a Heisman drum solo. Uh, you've got to be into drum solos really to appreciate this, uh, but he, he is remarkable, uh, his dexterity and his ability to use all those drums symbols and god knows what else uh, to uh, a, an extent that it's almost mesmerizing so and that was very much a live take as well so there we have it uh, overall a very good album uh, not quite up to valentine street uh, in my opinion but certainly not too many steps backward for this uh, superb band and the name of the band was Colosseum. This is a, uh, an album called Noisette by The Sop Machine. Uh, it didn't come out until the mid-90s. Um, it recorded in late 66, early 70. And it was basically uh, a live cut of the third album that was released in 70 uh, with dabbles from the second album as well. Uh, a brief history about Sop Machine formed in 66 in the Canterbury area with Robert White on drums and vocals, Kevin Ayers bass guitar vocals, uh, David Allen on guitar and Mike Ratcliffe on organ. Uh, but Allen didn't last very long because he was denied a visa on re-entry to the UK after the band performed live in Paris. And so he then went off to uh, start Gong, a psychedelic progressive rock band, and Ratcliffe, White and Ayers continued uh, uh, until they actually uh, found a, a, a replacement. Uh, and they got it in the... Uh, the person that replaced them was one uh, Hugh Hopper, who had been their road manager, and he came in on bass uh, to make them a four-piece. Um, they had then recorded their second album. The first album was with uh, uh, earlier, were without Hopper, and then uh, Ayers departed. Uh, uh, it was mutually agreeable, no sort of acts as such, uh, but he had got fed up with the shift towards more jazz-orientated music, and so he went off 
Uh, and um, although he did play uh, on a few tracks on the Soft Machine 2, uh, and uh, uh, Hopper stepped in, but he was uncredited. But uh, when they came to do the double album uh, third, uh, he was fully integrated into the band, and it was very much a sharp move forward into jazz fusion rock. And uh, I will be reviewing that uh, a little later. Not in this video, though. Fusion was uh, in gaining considerable weight uh, all across Europe. They actually did the London Proms in August 1970. But as I said, this uh, 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 album... Uh, a live cut called Noisette. It was basically uh, an opportunity for them to uh, uh, stretch their muscles of of the album third. Uh, and the Moon in June is on this, which is my favourite cut from third. Uh, but basically, it just captures the complex jazz rock that had been evolving after two. And Hugh Hopper was involved by this stage, uh, and uh, Elton Dean, uh, who was a horn player. Um, so they now had five in the band. The rock was morphosizing into jazz, some dazzling keyboard work by Ratledge, and equally indulgent drumming by Wyatt. Um, as I say, mostly instrumental now, very little uh, uh, singing as such, and the f tracks tended to segue together. And this is not a bad live cut, it has to be said. Uh, there's some flute in the background as well, and a lot of horns. So that's a brief uh, summary of uh, Soft Machine. I have got their first album uh, on the channel, uh, a full re review of that. And uh, once again, I'll have a, a link in the description, so you can shoot over to that if you want to hear about that uh, sort of prog rock album, Soft Machine 1. It's an album called Dada. Now, if you try looking for this one, I think you're going to be very disappointed. Uh, basically, Dada was a band, a 12-piece stack-influenced jazz and blues rock band with a bit of fusion that was around uh, just before uh, 1970. And they released one album in 1970, uh, and the lineup included one Elkie Brooks and guitarist Pete Gage. Uh, and Elkie Brooks, after Dada uh, basically ended rather abruptly, then got together with one Robert Palmer, uh, who'd been with the Alan Bounds set, and they basically emerged with the birth of one Vinegar Joe. Uh, which I actually got to see live. Uh, but to Dada, it's a bit of jazz, funk, gospel, and a bit of rock thrown in. Elkie Brooks on vocals, uh, very, very uh, into the blues, this glass. Uh, a little bit like Maggie Bell, but uh, uh, the funk was there as well. And uh, it's an interesting little album. Uh, no standouts, but very eclectic. There's some rockers on it, uh, as I say, there's some in, uh, uh, lots of sort of uh, a funky stack side, uh, sounds as well. And it's got a, a hint of folk rock, particularly on This Is My Song, uh, sounding a little bit like Fairport Convention. Cedar Peace has got some gospel piano, very soul-like. And uh, 
uh, Aspen, Colorado, a very smoochy lounge jazz offering with organ touches. Nice sax solo as well. Uh, and uh, all in all, it's a very intriguing album. Uh, but that was about it. It's a curios. I'm glad I've got it. Uh, you're unlikely to get it, so I better shut up about it. The last uh, album on this video is by a band called F, If, sorry, and that was the title of the first album, formed in '69 by Dave Quincy, Dave, Dick Morrissey, and Terry Smith, um, and they also were linked with. Uh, they were signed by Chris Backwell of Island Records in the UK. Uh, and Capital in the US, uh, very much a more avant-garde-like jazz influence, more so than Coliseum, uh, and more so than the American-style jazz rock outfits that included Blood, Sweat and Tears and Chicago, uh, that you might remember. Listened the other day, I enjoyed it, uh, forgotten most of it now though, I'm reaching out on all sides, is the opener, it's very horn-driven, with an extended uh, guitar solo, and uh, the vocals almost like an extra instrument. What did I say about the box jack? Is an eight minutes uh, uh, effort with an array of saxes and flutes and keyboards driving the rhythm. Uh, it's an instrumental, crisp tempos, uh, and not un unlike Colosseum, it has to be like I said, but uh, uh, there's uh, some alternating lead guitar. Uh, with those sax solos. And then, uh, what can a friend say? Uh, another six-minute song, uh, extended guitar solos here, uh, and very competent they are as well, and a pulsating rhythm section, very solid vocals by Hodkinson. It's got a jazz nightclub -y feel about it, but obviously uh, not a big band like uh, Ellington, or bassy, but in that in that same box, and then to the second side, uh, we start with raise the level of your conscious mind. Nice piano on here, uh, a nice gentle tempo, and the vocals a bit of a nod to Elton John, I thought in the chorus. Dockland is a favourite of mine. Got a Latin lounge jazz feel to it, with the sax oozing over the tempo. Uh, and the jazz with guitar reminds me a little bit of George Benson. And then uh, we get on to the promised land. This is much a faster blast of horn uh, set to a funky keyboard uh, amalgam. Uh, so that's about it. Um, it's quite an interesting album. You might be able to hear this on YouTube. I'll, I'll get a link uh, if they have one. So that's it uh, for this first uh, episode of jazz rock albums from 1970 more to come thanks for listening and shout outs uh rob let the music play very good i love his uh, uh channel uh he's from manchester that's probably got a lot to do with it being a united fan uh calico silver Jeff from Florida, love his delivery, He's, he makes a story out of every uh, video he puts out, I love his, uh, James Griffiths, uh, yeah he's an uh, English lad and his, uh, he's well read on music, 
so always interesting uh, and uh, I'll do some more on the next video because my brain's hurting.